0: Drive with Goodman and Fry, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wild Card Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Terry.
1: Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to Afternoon Drive. Goodman Fry. Watch us. SmileEyesports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at T Fry at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to rmfp.com. Day one of training camp is in the books. Time now for the lead.
0: The lead presented by Sasquatch Casino and Blackhawk. Before we get to day one,
1: of training camp, the NFL's finance committee unanimously approved the sale of the Broncos. It's a group that will recommend to the owners, the full slate of owners on whether or not the group led by Walton and Penner should be allowed to buy the Broncos. And I think it's nothing more than a rubber stamp <laughs> now. I mean, unanimous. Pink? Yeah. I think, I mean, we knew this was going to be the case already. So when I read this story, I'm like, is this really news? It's almost like the sun's going to come up tomorrow. Is that really news?
2: August 9th is the real date that it, that it, that it is official and they can start acting as the ownership group. Right. Right. And, and actually I think it's probably naive to sit here and think that they are not in many ways acting as the owners now.
1: Yeah, I'm sure they have some input, and I'm sure Joe Ellis is allowing that input. After all, it's going to be their team. It's kind of like they they didn't buy the house. They haven't signed the closing papers, but you know that everything has gone through. The contingencies have all gone through. You know that they are going to be signing the papers. They're going to be moving in, so why not let them
2: carry in a sofa and a television? You didn't like my conspiracy theory theory at all, the grassy knoll. I think Russell Wilson was informed and told and and assured that the new ownership was going to be the walton group and that that that's why he's here this is the group that can give him that big contract
1: um i'll respectfully disagree for this reason he wanted out of seattle yes seattle wanted him out they aren't mutually uh,
2: exclusive however.
1: no george payton and i agree built a team that was attractive to russell wilson if, if it was another group I think he would still be here. At the end of the day, if you can afford $4.5 you can afford to pay Russell Wilson. <laughs> but what were your overall impressions of uh, the first day training camp?
2: What really impressed me was the pace. I've never seen a camp that quickly paced. Day one. Day one, Right. Yes. You know, and I think we all know they they aren't starting from scratch when they go onto the field. They haven't been painting barns in, in the offseason. We've talked about that a lot. So we know they're not starting from scratch when they go out there. But even that said, I thought that was the most striking thing of all, and also uh, very impressive. You know, the other thing that was most striking to me, and I don't mean to be a downer here, but I, I was absolutely shocked.
1: I know where you're going. I know where you're the, going by
2: the lack of crowd out
1: there. Yeah, I well remember, and, and I'm not disagreeing COVID has with you. A lot to do with it. I, I thought that. Say it again. COVID had. No, a lot I think to do I think a Wednesday. I think a Wednesday morning had a lot. to do I think do with
2: fans it. are just out of out of practice of going to something like
1: that. They, they had they had people there. At 3.30 yesterday afternoon, lining up already. Saturday, uh, no one's going to be thinking COVID. It will be absolutely mm-hmm. packed out there.
2: 4,000 people. To your point,
1: uh, I think the pace was great, uh, and I think you give you should give a lot of that credit to Russell Wilson because of the mini camps, for lack of a better phrase, that he held at his compound in San Diego where guys were more ready to work with in that playbook. Um, I like the fact that there was a lot of jawing uh, between the offense and the defense. Was it yeah. a touchdown? Wasn't it, yeah. it a touchdown? All,
2: all in the red zone. They were doing a lot of red red zone work and on you, the first day. And
1: you don't see that a lot no. on day one, but that is a Nathaniel Hackett thing that's not a Russell Wilson thing that is a Nathaniel Hackett thing you and I had this conversation who was going to be the first running back on the field it was Javante Williams however don't dismiss the fact that Melvin Gordon scored a couple of touchdowns in the red zone he Mm -hmm. was active in that offense if you're wondering what the offensive line looked like (laughs) Quinn Miners was starting at right guard Glasgow was out there But it was Quinn Miners who was the guy starting at right guard. Calvin Anderson starting at right tackle, uh, just waiting for Billy Turner to get off the pup list. And now
2: Tom Compton's on the pup list, too.
1: Right, right. Well, And they just signed a guy uh, who's going to be competing as well. Um, The defense, I think you can make the case look better than the offense, but I don't think that's necessarily a surprise. Oh, no guy, even though all the work that Russell Wilson did with the wide receivers and so on and so forth during the offseason. One guy who I I don't he's going to be competing to line up next to Josie Jewell, but they need a guy who can cover tight ends. And Jonas Griffith showed today that he's pretty good in pass coverage, had a couple of pass breakups, Mm -hmm. one on Cortland Sutton. They need a guy who has the ability to do that. You know, they haven't had a guy like that for a very long time. Um, And Justin Simmons, Sertan, Darby, all look sharp in the defensive backfield. It wasn't a perfect practice by any means. But when I was at the press conference yesterday, Sutton and Simmons both said, it's going to be hard to dial it back because we are so excited for this season. And generally speaking, guys are dialed in day one of training camp. But with, you know, Eric Sauber caught a touchdown pass. He is not going to be a primary receiver in this Broncos offense, but he caught a touchdown pass and he wanted to spike that thing. And the defensive (laughs) guys were like, no, you're not going to spike that thing. So it was spirited. And the reason why I think it was so spirited is because of the energy that Hackett and Wilson have brought to this franchise, not only on the field, but off the field, into the break room, into the cafeteria and people inside that building, are once again genuinely and viscerally excited about this season.
2: Now we're going to hear what Nathaniel Hackett thought of Russell Wilson's first date. We'll hear hear that later.
1: But we can hear it right now. You did a very nice setup. So, Alex, fire away. Uh, you know, I mean, again, it's a new system, new team, everything's new. So just watching his composure, his command of the huddle, uh, working the system is what we're looking for because we all know what he could do on the field when it gets going and when you simplify it down to a specific game plan for that week. So, um, I mean, he, he's he's doing great, and he's just going to get better and better every day.
2: Well, I was going to add to that to uh, piggyback it with here. Well, he was talking about the pace of the practice, the it, and he said, we talked about that. As a coach, you want to get in as many reps as you possibly can. But you want to get them within the confines of taking care of your players. The whole thing is based off that quarterback. How those guys run the practice is how it's going to look. How he threw in those guys, just kind of pro forma. We all know that was Russell Wilson. We keep having, we keep having, we keep moving forward with it. Get used to it. The play calling, mastering the system. It's all something going a little quicker. Maybe we, we maybe will slow it down some. But once again, it's that quarterback. As fast as he wants to go, I want to go.
1: He is a quarterback who has a high football IQ and a work ethic to match that he is impressing upon his teammates, specifically on offense. We need to all get on the same page together, and we need to do it quickly. And again, I can't remember the last time we saw a full-fledged quarterback camp if that's what you want mm-hmm. to call it meaning the quarterback going with the wide receivers someplace the last time we saw that is when Peyton Manning would take a field trip to Duke with Decker and Thomas and whoever else was on those teams in 12 13 14 and 15 there's a there's a professional quarterback now running the show here and he has high standards for himself and he has high standards for everybody else around him and And I think guys are seeing that and they're putting in the extra effort. I think uh, Wilson said today that Jerry Judy sat in on a quarterback meeting for about an hour, for an hour, for an hour. And honestly, Jerry Judy has underperformed since he has been here. Then again, he hasn't had, you know, really great quarterbacks to throw him the ball. Let's be fair about it. But it's nice to see that here. Let's put it this way that you have a guy like Jerry Judy who's willing to do that, yet Kyler Murray isn't.
2: I also think that Russell Wilson was very cognizant of making sure that we knew that Jerry Judy sat in the quarterback's meeting. He didn't mention that just out of passing. Nope. That's something that to get it out there in the public, to have the fandom and the media know that Jerry Judy maybe has turned a little bit of a page in the conscientiousness department.
1: The one thing that I've noticed since George Payton has taken over, Very quickly, at every press conference, he wants to mention people who have contributed Mm -hmm. and people who are important to this organization. He wants to list it off so everybody knows that they are appreciated. And Russell Wilson does the same thing. Russell Wilson did not get this from George Payton. What I am seeing now is that everyone is going to get the credit.
2: Okay, this is going to be corny, but I I was most impressed by Payton yesterday opening or early in his news conference, congratulating the community relations department for, right. for winning an award. He has, he has done that since the first day he got here. That was, that's a guy who said, I got to make sure this, this is uh this check Mark is, is checked. And
1: it makes everybody feel good. You know, at the end of the day, when you're the big boss, right. Mm-hmm. And you walk down the hallway, you probably don't remember everyone's name when you're new to the organization, But when you're a younger guy or a younger gal in that organization, and that boss knows your name or recognizes you publicly, that pumps your tires. That puts wind in your sails, and it makes everybody feel that they are a part of it. Everyone in in life, when you are working for someone, wants to feel appreciated, recognized. It has started with George Payton. Nathaniel Hackett does the same thing, and so does Russell Wilson. It truly is a very different environment. It is is—it is almost like, dare I say, you know, the late Pat Boland created the family environment, but it has now continued as we are moving into a new ownership group.
2: I really thought that one of the, the other most striking thing is, and this may be corny also, they were having fun in training
1: camp. Right. They're excited to be out there, because a lot of those guys out there only know losing. Think about this for a second: the two guys that they wheeled out at the press conference yesterday were Cortland Sutton and Justin Simmons, two of the higher paid guys on the team. And today Sp- was Bradley Chubb, right? And well, and Russell Wilson. Br- Bradley Chubb went up there in in, in a lot of ways because. He's coming off injury. The the Broncos are very good at at putting guys up there.
2: (laughs) And he almost answers the question without it being asked. Right. He declared he was 100%. Before anybody said,
1: are you 100%? Right. So when I look at Chubb, who's been here for a while, and he's in the final year of his deal, and you look at Justin Simmons, and you look at Cortland Sutton, three veterans on this team, who have never had a winning season. Actually, Justin Simmons did in 2016, mm-hmm. but they didn't make the playoffs. You have guys who have been here for a long time, and now this is their time. All they did was hear the stories from an Emmanuel Sanders, Tlaib, a keep to lead, Chris Harris, Derek Wolf, how great it was to win a Super Bowl. And instead of that continuing for them, all they got was losing and more losing. Now that Russell Wilson is here, he has injected life and oxygen into the room, and now they feel this is our time. All the stories that we heard, now let's set into motion for ourselves so we can build a legacy moving forward.
2: There's no question about that, and I, I was very impressed. Wilson, in his news conference today, we were joking For the most part, he has down Pat not saying much. He he he, talking a lot but not saying he is a he is a lot of
1: cliches. That's what he is. He says all the right things. And honestly, as a media guy, and I and I say this with all due respect to Russell Wilson, I don't want to hear that. That's not what I want to hear. I'm not saying that I want to hear you dog somebody or be critical. But it almost seems, and I'm not suggesting that's what he's doing, so I want to make sure I'm very clear about this. But what he says is right out of the player's handbook on how to talk to the media, not stir the pot. That's just who he is. They're on the pitching mound in Bill Durham. I mean, think about this for a second. He and Hackett are very similar guys. Positive, positive, positive positive say all the right things don't stir it up so when you walk away from a a, when you walk away from a, a russell wilson press conference you know what it is honestly it's like a loaf of white bread it's very filling and there's no nutritional value you didn't really get anything out of it because while it's not necessarily a bunch of cliches it's the same words just switched around That's all it is. He has an agenda when he speaks. There's no question about it. Right. But so did Peyton Manning. But Peyton Manning, Peyton Manning is a guy who would rehearse his jokes before he went (laughs) up to the mic. He passed it by probably a couple of people. But every once in a while, he'd get a great one-liner, a great zinger from Peyton Manning. If anybody's expecting that, you're not going to get that from Russell Wilson. He is all positive all the time. And you know what it comes across as? Ooey and gooey and sappy and all of that stuff. And he's gonna rattle off every single guy. And that's great as long as you're winning. Because that's what this is about.
2: He uh, also was asked the reverse of your question yesterday when you asked when you asked Nathaniel Hackett about whether he, Friendship? Friendship versus coaching. And we sort of asked we, I mean the, the group that was around sort of asked him that question from the other side of the table, Russell Wilson. And he didn't really answer it, but he made it clear, yeah, we can be both. Right.
1: Well, at the end of the day, he's the player and the other guy's the coach. Yeah. Russell Wilson's not going to be yelling at Hackett. No. He's the subordinate. Oh, baby. No, no. (laughs) I'm laughing. Russell Wilson is the subordinate in this relationship. And honestly, that's the way it should be. You really think so? Yes, he should be.
2: I mean, I'm the one who's harping on the fact that he, Nathaniel Hackett needs to give them a whoa moment when he makes clear that he is the hard-ass, he is capable of being a hard-ass head coach. I'll
1: tell you this with with Peyton Manning, who has a strong personality, he holds court when he talks to people, okay? But make no mistake about it, uh, he would never have words with a Gary Kubiak. He might have words with other coaches, maybe coaches he doesn't respect. Mm -hmm. Gary Kubiak earned that respect. He's not the type of guy that you yell at. Gary Kubiak kept that team together in 2015 with the quarterback issues they had.
2: And you don't want a quarterback or any player carping behind a coach's back. Right. And And, you know what? I don't see that ever happening here.
1: Russell Wilson, to me, doesn't come across as a complainer. Or let me rephrase that. Doesn't come across as a yeller. But if he's not getting full effort from the guys around him, I can see him getting more than a little agitated. Coming up after the break, had a chance to do a bunch of one-on-ones at training camp today. You'll hear our interview with Albert Okawabinam. And one thing that I asked him was, with this team being on national television for as many times as you're going to be, are you hoping that all the broadcasters pronounce your name correctly? You'll hear that next.
0: And I am lying. This does not
3: Broncos country, let's ride.
0: Don't love you, I do. That's forever. Yes. Afternoon drive with Goodman and Fry, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Terry.
1: Welcome back. Afternoon drive. Goodman Fry. Watch us. SmileHighSports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at T Fry at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to RMFP.com. In the meantime, I want to tell you about Mighty Plumbing, Heating, and Air It is hot outside. I hope your HVAC system is working. If you think it might not be working as well as it should, make sure you get an inspection on it for sure. And God forbid it breaks. You know what? You're working with the right company. Mighty Plumbing, Heating, and Air. My HVAC system, which was 16 years old, broke down last year. They showed up the next day. Here's the key, on time. They said they were going to be there at noon. They showed up at noon, not 12.05, not 12.10. A lot of contractors, they just show up whenever they feel like it. We'll give you a four-hour window. That's a bunch of BS. When When they say they're going to show up on time, they show up on time. Best product out there, which is Rudd by far. And you know what? I couldn't be any happier. Plus, I got a great price. And then Mandy, she had a problem with her garbage disposal. Once again, they showed up on time, took care of everything. And oh, by the way, there's a reason why they have nearly 1,000, nearly 1,000 five-star Google reviews. That's Mighty Plumbing, Heating, and Air. Check them out at MightyPH.com.
0: Time now for The Buzz. The Buzz is presented by Mighty Plumbing and Heating. Why does Mighty Plumbing and Heating have over 600 five-star reviews? No one has better service, and they will meet or beat any written offer. Go to MightyPH.com. The day Russell Wilson came to town,
1: Albert Okawabenam thought, you know what, I'm the incumbent now. Then the Broncos draft a tight end out of UCLA, Dulcich. So now you can make the case there's a competition. But the bottom line is this. It is Okawebanam's job to lose. I had a conversation with him right after training camp. I know it's never easy to lose a friend in a trade like Noah Fant, but in some ways, do you look at this season as, hey, this is now my
4: opportunity? You know, yeah, definitely. You know, first and foremost, you know, um, you know, obviously, you know, um, you never want to see a guy, you know, get traded or this and that, and, and I'm glad he's got a great opportunity in Seattle. Um, but yeah, you know, of course, you know, the opportunity opened up for me. Um, just it was just it was just, just kind of like a new a new set of approach for me. Um, you know just take, taking every every little thing about me and my career and just jumping it up another level. Whether that's preparation in the film room, um, off the field stuff, recovery, and then just coming in here and putting in the extra work with my technique, um, getting with Russ, doing extra reps and just learning the offense to a whole new level inside and out.
1: With a guy like Russ and you know how hard he works and you want to take it to a new level not necessarily does
4: he inspire you, yeah. but does it force you to step up your game with a guy like him? One hundred percent, and you know he doesn't make he doesn't make us do anything, but he definitely holds us holds us to a high standard, and you know he always gives us gives us the opportunity to do that extra extra work with him, and um, you know kudos to the guys for you know most most all of us uh, have have you know gotten extra re- re- reps with them, came in early, got the extra extra um you know, plays. So that that's been really good. So he definitely does enforce that and holds us to that standard which has been really awesome. You were at his, for lack of a better phrase, quarterback camp,
1: right? Can you take us behind the scenes mm-hmm. what that was like?
4: Yeah, yeah, definitely um Really, honestly, what it was, it, it was, um, so we had two. The first one was just completely giving us a, a preview of the offense, kind of doing some some basic install. Um, so that was like a lot of coaching from Russ, honestly, just kind of telling us, you know, everything that he, he wanted from us, you know, steps, timing, all that. Uh, this second time, it was more of just kind of like a refresher, you know, just, just kind of emphasis on the things that we needed to improve on from the offseason, honing on those things, um, you know, just getting routes with them, working out lifting, um, you know, uh, getting some good nutrition in, recovery, um, and, and meetings as well. So it, it was really good. Okay, you're going to be on national TV a lot this year. I think it's five times right off the hop. How many of those announcers are going to completely butcher your name? <laughs> Um, hopefully this year It's not very many I know in the past it's It's been a lot A lot of people have struggled um, Hopefully they are taken the time To, to learn it um, So yeah Hopefully we see We don't see very many Mess ups this, this season
1: I can't imagine It's a burr in your saddle But does it bother you That you're like I've been in this league Long <laughs> enough that How do you
4: not know how to pronounce my name? Yeah, I mean, honestly, you would like to see the guys, um, you know, take the time to learn how to pronounce it. Um, But, you know, honestly, I've been used to it my whole life. You know, a lot of people not being able to pronounce it, um, you know, just hearing Alberto and just hearing them butchered. So, yeah, it's not not something I necessarily get very upset about. Um, But, you know, obviously you would like to see them, you know, take the time and prepare and and learn how to pronounce it.
1: So you don't want to be known as Alberto anymore. You want the full Monty. You want the full name out there. Get it right.
4: I don't mind. I don't mind the nickname Alberto. It's something that I've been called my my whole life. Um, But I I would say, you know, I would say, uh, I would rather you learn it and be confident in how to say it, or just call me Alberto, um, rather than butchering it.
1: I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you this before I let you go. You you and Drew Locke had a relationship before you both were on the Broncos.
4: How's he doing? He's doing great, yeah. I talked to him a little while ago, you know, he's been pretty busy just preparing the off season. But I talked to him a little while ago, and you know, he, he has a great opportunity. You know, he, he loves he loves the city, he loves the staff. They love him. So, you know, he's just, he's just you know, been taking it, um, you know, one day at a time with a chip on his shoulder and, and working to get better and, you know, moving to that starting role and, and you know, take off. Don't mean any
1: disrespect yeah. by saying this about him. Did he need a change of scenery?
4: Um, You know, that's a good question. You know, obviously, you know, he would have loved for things to work out here. You know, unfortunately, you know, it didn't, you know, he had, he had, you know, some troubles, you know, you know, in the role, in the role that he had here. So there was, unfortunately, there was a lot of negativity, you know, just, just around, you know, the atmosphere, the, you know, the fan base. So, you know, overall, you know, of course he wanted things to work out here, but then again, you know, I think a switches of, scenery, you know, might've been better overall for him. So I think it's a good, it's a fresh start, clean slate, and I know he's ready to take advantage of it.
2: He got the memo. He got the memo from Russell Wilson. He got the m- memo from Nathaniel Hackett. He got the memo from everybody in the organization that this is going to be the policy. This is going to be the trend. This is going to be the the uh, way to th- be thinking as we move on. This uh, is to get in, deeply involved in the strategic strategic end of the game and also the the uh, bonding end of the game. And I I found it interesting that he talked about the first camp, out with Russell Wilson, the first the first one of the two was more strategic about the playbook, and the, the second one was more about throwing the football.
1: There's a very simple way for him to stay on the field a lot this season.
2: Catch the ball a lot?
1: No. Become a better blocker because we know he can catch the ball. We know that he's not afraid to go over the middle. My biggest problem with Noah Fant was, I, I don't want to say that he alligator arm stuff over the middle, but to me, he didn't seem like a guy who... He, t- he tended to shy away from contact. Yeah. No, Fanted, Okawabenom isn't that guy. If you want to out-duel Dulcich, who they used a pretty high draft pick on, okay?
2: He's pretty athletic and pretty good pass catch.
1: You got it. And they have a guy like Saubert in there to be a blocker. If you want to be on the field more, become a better blocker. I have no doubt about Okawabenom's speed. Uh, I think his hands are more than good enough. But if, but if you want to make sure this rookie doesn't get on the field, at the end of the day, n- neither... Right. Oka is not a Jimmy Graham, meaning no. he can just walk out there and catch passes and not have to worry about blocking at all. He's not that guy. <laughs> He's
2: the opposite of Daniel Graham, who it, was a great blocker. Right. Daniel Graham, at one point, was the Broncos' best offensive lineman. He was a very good
1: blocker, but he wasn't a guy who necessarily enjoyed playing football. No. Nope. And I don't know how much Albert enjoys playing football, but if he wants to play more football, he has to have a more well-rounded game because when, it, I don't know who's going to be the better receiver of those two guys. Um okay, Benam's ceiling is higher on it though. You think? Yeah. I, as, as a pass catcher. No, as a blocker, as a blocker. I think so too. All right. Coming up after the break, big news coming out of the hall of fame, having to do with Randy Gratishar. Mike Shanahan and Dan Reeves will tell you what happened today. Next.
3: In any universe, you are my dark star.
0: Afternoon drive with Goodman and Fry, presented by Silter Harmaza. A no pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silterhar Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wild Card Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Terry.
1: Welcome back. Afternoon drive, Goodman Fry. Watch us, MyLifeSports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at tfry at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber, to the public, go to rmfp.com. Time now for what's trending.
0: What's trending? Presented by Silterhar Mazda. Get to Silterhar in Broomfield for a no-pressure buying experience at Silterhar Mazda or find them at sthmazda.com.
1: Randy Gratishar, once again, this is now the third time he's been named a finalist for the Hall of Fame in the seniors category. Now, I think it was a couple of years ago when they brought in a whole bunch of senior guys They had a huge class. He was part of that as well. But separate of that, this is the third time he's been named a finalist. There are 12 finalists in the seniors category. Mike Shanahan, Dan Reeves, finalists in the coaches slash contributor category. Three senior players can advance to the next stage which is going to be on August 16th. One contributor coach can advance on August 2nd. Uh, I'm going to be brief when I read through the names of guys in the seniors category. Bob Kuchenberg, Ken Anderson, Maxie Bond, Gratishar, Chuck Howley, Cecil Isbill, Joe Klecko, Eddie, I can't even pronounce his last name, Tommy Nobis, Ken Riley, Sterling Sharp, Everson Walls. You're going to have a bias towards Gratishar. I get that. Yes. However, do any of these guys make you say, well, they need to go into?
2: Well, a lot of them do, actually. And, and the, quote, problem, unquote, for Randy Gratishar, in my mind, is that the four, the top four guys I can think of and will, would vote for and would select to advance are linebackers. I would go with Gratishar, Chuck, Hallie, Tommy, Nobis, and Maxie Bond. And they're all linebackers. I don't know if that's a problem or not. But it, would, it probably cuts into the vote among voters who say we got to have some kind of representative sample of positions here.
1: Right. I would agree. Kuchenberg was a really good guard. Or was a really good offensive lineman, I should say. Most of these guys I don't know. Chuck Howley I know was very good. Klecko, I watched him play. I'm sorry, he should not, not be in no, the Hall he, of Fame. He shouldn't
2: even be on that list. Yeah,
1: and Sterling Sharp, I, he was really good. And I get it, but I'm sorry not over Randy Gratishow. Well,
2: and he's also not of the generation that this is designed to address. Right. Now, let's look at the coaches contributor category. Now, that's
1: tough because there's only one. There's only one what? That can oh, advance. That's right. And there's some really impressive names on this list. Rune Arledge, former television executive. Don Coriel, Eric Coriel with, with the uh, Chargers back in the 1980s. Mike Holmgren, Robert Kraft. Art Modell, Dan Reeves, Art Rooney Jr., Shanahan. I mean, those are names that jump off the page at me as much as anything else. There, Clark, might, there might be another name.
2: too. He was an offensive innovator at both the college and pro level. Okay. Honestly? There's one. There's another name on there that I would actually vote for. Who's that? John Wooten. John Tell me Wooten, about him. John Wooten was uh, the second black player at the University of Colorado in the 1950s. He had a nine-year career. In the National Football League, as a fine player. and Then got into the front office with the, with uh, three teams, and uh, was an executive. And now he's headed the Fritz Pollard Alliance, which is designed to, uh, to uh, address racial issues and problems in minority hiring of minority coaches and all of that. So I think he checks all the boxes as a terrific player, as a successful administrator. Uh, he. And and now as a as a activist on a on an area on a front that needs to be addressed. Right. With that,
1: I think Shanahan's gonna have to wait. I just do. Rune Arledge should be in the Hall of Fame. Monday night football, he should be in the Hall of Fame. But I'm not he, saying he, Shanahan should not.
2: Uh Rune Arledge, though, in my mind, he wasn't just football. He was a lot he I would he, he deserves all the acclaim he gets. As an absolute uh, television icon. pioneer and icon, yes. I mean, even in college football, with with getting college football games in in spots to be I'll, featured. I'll put it to you this way,
1: and I think you would actually agree
2: in Olympic games. Okay, so his resume
1: reads creators, creator of Monday Night Football, ABC World News Tonight, Primetime Nightline, twenty twenty, yada yada yada. He should be in a Hall of Fame of some kind, and he probably is. Well point is this when you look at a guy and say is this guy a hall of famer you have to ask yourself the question can you write the story of the nfl without him and the and the answer is no yes you
2: could yes as in you can you can write the story of the nfl without him if you were writing the story and you leave him out you you would i'm saying if rune Arledge had not existed it wouldn't have been a huge 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 blow for the nfl
1: uh, Monday Night Football is a staple. Somebody program. would have come up with it. Well, I don't know if they would have or not. I just know he did. Yeah. I just know he did. Period. Well, let's not say who would have or who might have. He did. You cannot write the story of the NFL without Monday Night Football. Period. And it was a show that was the highest rated show probably for a very long time. And back in the day, that was must-watch television. He created it. I don't period. think you
2: can make a Hall of Fame for just creating Monday Night Football. And I realize you're not saying that i tell you what you know what's more
1: important than i uh, hear you you might disagree with me and that's fine monday night football is more instrumental to the growth of the nfl than nfl films because what did that air on almost nothing nfl films is great and ed and steve sable are both in the hall of fame monday night football is one reason why the NFL is so popular. I would not, not NFL films.
2: I just quite simply I would not put Rune Arledge in the in the NFL yeah. Hall of Fame for just creating Monday Night Football. Somebody else was going to do it. It was inevitable and and more nights of the week being used as a landing point for NFL games.
1: With that, it's hard to leave out Robert Kraft <laughs> with all the Super Bowls he's won. Art Modell, I know what happened in Cleveland. He is a pioneer in this sport. And Art
2: Rooney Jr., you're serious about Robert Kraft. I thought that was a joke.
1: Um, why would I be joking
2: about a guy who He was... just stands around and watches his team win games.
1: Oh yeah, that's right then. I guess no one Then I guess uh, Pat, Pat Bowling Then I guess Pat Bolin shouldn't be in either. You want to make that argument?
2: No. Well, he only stood around and watched games, but he did it in a fur coat. But Bob Kraft is a detestable human being sometimes.
1: What, are you going all baseball voting on on how
2: good people are or are we we looking at their merits
1: both well that's not the way it works in the NFL
2: okay well, when i'm sitting here trying to prioritize all the names on this list yep. from don Coryell, who was an absolutely brilliant yep. offensive innovator and very influential who's in the was if better, i go down that list but who's a better innovator
3: i I, I, am I am
2: not trashing the other one we always get into this argument when we Go when we were talking you, you about you just trash ruin Arledge and Robert. I did Kraft. not trash Rune Arledge. Somebody just, else would have come up with I the did, idea. Somebody else would have come up with the idea. And he was so much so instrumental in so many other walks of life. It's not like this is going to be a huge void in his life. Who is
1: a better innovator in terms of offense, Coriel or Shanahan? Coriel.
2: Well, then Coriel needs to go in ahead of Shanahan. And I've kind of and that's sh- only because he came before Mike Shanahan. I think. Mike Shannon is every bit the coach that Don Coryell is. But Don Coryell was the pioneer in that phase of the offense.
1: This is I have vacillated back and forth on Mike Shanahan going into the Hall of Fame. Should he go in strictly for wins and losses and his record? My answer is no, and this is why. Coach twenty years had two phenomenal seasons, winning two Super Bowls. Other than that, he won a single playoff game after that. He coached 20 years, missed the playoffs. Well, let me just, let me finish, please Missed the playoffs, <laughs> missed the playoffs 12 times, made the playoffs eight years, won two Super Bowls, which very few guys have done in the hall of fame. But I think his career is layered where he combined inside zone, outside zone, Bill Walsh's concepts that are still run today. His innovation is, His offense is still being used today, and that, to me, is what gets him in the Hall of Fame.
2: Okay, I agree with all of that.
1: But the problem is, and I covered him, and I liked him. Marv Levy, I'm sorry. If you're going to look at the Hall of Fame as the Hall of very, very, very good, then Marv Levy should be in there. And same with Tony Dungy.
2: But if you put in Dungy and you put in Levy, you have to put in Shanahan. I don't want to be... To be drawn from this discussion, that I'm in any way, shape, or form denigrating Mike Shanahan as a football coach. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying when I ran down that list, mm-hmm. there I would have had Don Coryell because of the time frame involved, right. the chronology of when he was influential and how he was influential on the game, including in the period that Mike Shanahan coached and followed him. Yes, yeah, Don Coryell. Don Coryell was the pioneer. That's all I'm saying of the forward I, pass. Yeah, and I'm not saying that Mike Shanahan. Should be trashed because Don no, Coryell no. came before. No, no, I, all, all I'm and I
1: listen. I loved watching the Chargers back then. The problem is their offense slung uh, would sling it all over the field. Their defense was awful, and they scored quickly, and they couldn't win games, and they couldn't get to a Super Bowl. And how many did they get to the AFC Championship game once? Did not they get there just one time against yeah, the that, Bengals that in that eighty
4: one game?
2: in nineteen eighty one, the game that should not have been played because everybody's everybody was getting frostbite. Well,
1: at the end of the day when you look at Coryell's record, it's hard to put him in for that reason as an innovator. Yes, absolutely. And I would put Shanahan in more as an innovator than I would as a coach, but when you add it all up, Kyle Shanahan's running a
2: version of that offense, so is Sean McVay and so is Rule in Green Greenback. But we're sitting here debating a point about which I have just said that I I'm not even I did not even pick on Coryell. I did not pick Rune Arledge. I did not pick Mike Shannon. I picked John Wooden. John Wooden would be my first pick. Gotcha. And I would put in. If I had
1: one guy to pick, you can't write the story of the NFL without Rune Ehrlich. Can't.
2: Monday Night Football put football on the map, didn't it? Well, he, if we're dealing with him as a broadcasting pioneer on so many fronts, he should be in every darn near Hall of Fame, except I don't think he. He was singularly influential on the NFL. What do we have coming up on Mountain High Appliance, just in case you missed it?
3: A current Pittsburgh Steeler had issue with a former Steeler's comments about current NFL players, and we'll discuss the Rockies' in-game promotion from today. That's coming up next on Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Fry on Mile High Sports.
0: Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Fry, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silterhar Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wild Card Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Terry.
1: Welcome back. Afternoon Drive, Goodman, Fry. Watch us, MileHighSports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at T Fry at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale alum to the public, go to rmfp.com. I want to say something on air that I just said to you before. I understand why people have a problem with Robert Kraft Mm -hmm. because he got a massage and he got a happy ending. Uh, But what people don't know is, is that he has donated hundreds of millions of dollars to charities. Hundreds of millions of dollars, including he's one of the biggest supporters of Israel, and I say that as a Jewish man. In 2011, he gave 20 million dollars to Partners Healthcare to launch the Kraft Family National Center for Leadership and Training in Community Health. So I understand he did something that m- m- might seem a little seedy, but everything he has done outside of that, he should be
2: absolutely lauded and applauded. Uh I also went to the Patriots training camp one year when he was, had just taken over his mm-hmm. owner and the training camp was in Pro, the Providence area, mm-hmm. I think Smithfield. And he, he came into the press room and he introduced himself and I, and he actually said, how do you think we're going to do? And I, like an idiot, I said, I don't even remember what the record was, but right. w- it was kind of like me saying now the Broncos are going to be eight, and nine. And he really wanted to know why I thought that. It was just like good. he wandered into the press room. He had heard a guy from the sporting news was there and wanted to talk. to. Him. He was the new owner right. at the time. Well, look at
1: Eddie DeBartolo Jr. While he came from Youngstown, we had no experience in the football business. A lot of these owners don't have experience owning NFL teams or even being around sports. But at the end of the day, what do you do in your organization with all the Super Bowls? And what has he done outside the organization? Again, I would challenge any NFL owner to be as philanthropic in donating money than Robert Kraft.
2: Okay, noted and incre- credited. Time now
1: for the final word.
0: The final word Are you ready? is presented by the McKenzie Law Firm. Don't wait before it's too late. Protect your family by setting up a will, living will, or estate plan with Dan McKenzie at the McKenzieFirm.com. <laughs> Just in case you missed it. Presented by Mount High Appliance, Colorado's favorite appliance store for 25 years in Louisville. Colorado Springs, and now open in their new store in Littleton. Go to MountHighAppliance.com.
3: Just in case you missed it, today was Dollar Hot Dog Day at the Rockies game as they took on the White Sox for a Wednesday matinee game. You guys a little salty that you had to come in and do the show instead of downing hot dogs at Coors Field?
2: Eric tried to talk me into it, but I pointed out that, that what they're not telling you is that you have to be among the first 1,000 fans through the door to get the dollar hot dog, and the dollar hot dog was tiny. So I, they can't even do the promotions right. I wouldn't eat a hot dog at home,
1: more or less take a free one at the game. I don't want to know what's in those hot dogs, to be perfectly honest with you. I kind of watch what I eat. I don't want to see how the sausage is made, but I definitely have an idea of how hot dogs are made.
2: But there are a lot of people at course Field ticked off today that they did they weren't among the first thousand fans to get the dollar high
3: dot. It was only the first thousand or ten thousand. Ten thousand. I'm okay. sorry. Pittsburgh Steelers captain Cameron hayward took exception to Ben Roethlisberger's recent assertion yeah. that too many current NFL players have a me-type attitude. Roethlisberger said in his first few seasons with Pittsburgh, it was all about the team, and now it's all about me, this, that, and the other. Uh, Do you agree with Hayward that Roethlisberger's comments rub you the wrong way? Or is Roethlisberger correct in his stance with today's current players?
2: I can understand his point of view, but it comes off as like a bitter jerk after the fact. Say it while you're playing. Here's the thing.
1: Roethlisberger isn't wrong, but my goodness, is he the wrong messenger. Seriously. That's like, and I'm going way back, and I probably shouldn't, Patty Hearst, who robbed, what, a bank? That's like her giving advice to people and saying, don't rob banks. Well, that's what she
2: did after, the back actually.
1: Right, but, but anybody who's committed a crime, it's like telling those people you shouldn't commit the crime. Ben Roethlisberger was not liked by his teammates. I'm sadly very familiar. Remember that case where he was accused of rape? I'm not going to say any of this on the air, But let's just put it this way. I'm very familiar with what actually happened that was not revealed publicly by someone who was intimately involved in that case. And if you actually knew what happened, you would throw up in your mouth. Ben Roethlisberger was not a good guy early on in his career. And maybe he matured. He's just the wrong messenger for this. He's absolutely the
2: wrong messenger for this. There was a procurement system involved. What do you mean? With breathless In the case? Yeah.
1: I'll tell you what happened. Yeah. And I'll tell you who the source is. You're going to be like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. All right. That was um, Mountain High Appliance, just in case you missed it. You can walk in any store, try out the appliances before you buy them, not to mention their sales staff makes a huge difference in buying an appliance, whether you need something to fit your budget or high end. Get what you want. You're going to have a lot of questions. You want to work with people who have the answers to get you what you need. Not just, hey, whatever's on the floor, like you'd get the big box stores. Mountain High Appliance, you can find them in Louisville, Littleton. You can also find their clearance center in Denver. Coming up after the break, Cody Rourke, our Broncos insider on milehighsports.com will join us next to give us his impressions of day one of training camp. That's next. I
0: make your